Hey y'all, this is Haley Crusher Kane, and you are listening to Sparkle and Destroy episode 15. Today I'm talking with my sister Chakra, who lives in Berlin, about busking. Now, if you don't know what busking is, you're lucky. <laughs> Although I have to say I learned everything I know from busking and open mics, and that's for another podcast. But today we're talking about busking in Berlin specifically. That is the act of taking your instrument, whether that be your voice or a musical instrument or a washboard or an accordion, if you're super annoying, getting out there, hitting the pavement and playing your heart out for random people. I recommend busking to all anyone who is just getting into the music industry or is just discovering their own musical journey. I also recommend open mic nights. Um, but like I said, we'll get into that on a different podcast today. I'm just gabbing with my sister. We're talking about the down and dirty of getting on the street, opening up your mouth and (laughs) hoping that people don't throw tomatoes at you. I'm so unbelievably proud of my sister for changing careers, uh, moving from the Bay Area to Germany, (laughs) and embarking on this new adventure in music in Berlin. It's not a new adventure for her life, but it's certainly a different atmosphere and a different world, as you'll find out in this podcast. Hope you enjoy! Just a quick note, you may hear some clicking in the beginning, and that's because I was trying to get my recording software to work. I'm okay. Today I had a shitty experience playing music in the in the metro station. And, uh, yeah. That's pretty common. I left after playing for an hour. Um, but, like, okay, yesterday I played in a different metro. That, like, I just chose a bad one. Like, uh-huh. Um, it was near the tracks. It was really loud. And there were not many people coming through. But most of the people that came through, like, really liked it and, like, smiled. And, like, a whole gaggle of school children gave me their, like, lunch money. What? And you took their lunch money? Yeah, like, all these little kids with, like, the big backpacks, like, scrambled to get their coins out. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Yeah. And then an old man was creepy. I couldn't really say what he was saying. I think he was saying he was, like, a record producer in the 70s. Wait, wait, wait. I feel... But then he, like, grabbed my my arm and was like... And I was like, no! Why are so many... Like, why do men always have to get creepy? And can I took his hand off of my arm and I was like, bye. Can I put this on the podcast? Yeah. I didn't realize my call recorder software was recording. I just want to hear about how you like survived this. But you can stop whenever you're you don't want it to be on. But okay. I love I love it. So that was day one. That was yesterday. That was day one. It's a cute station that's called uh Sophie Charlotte Platz. It's mm-hmm. like named after some old queen uh-huh. and it has like 19th century benches like uh-huh. it's really cute inside um but i was playing like in the corner next to a deodorant commercial what for it so like next to me there's like this woman like so she was showing her armpit sure, i'm sure yeah kind of thing um it slightly smells of pee it wasn't too bad the air was like coming down from the, the stairway 
And I was a little bit nervous because I wasn't sure if I was allowed to have um, an amplifier for my voice. And I had, like, a speaker projecting the music from my phone through Bluetooth. Wait, so what amplifier did you use, or did you just use your phone? I used my shitty, like, American amplifier that I got at a guitar store. But it takes double... It takes D batteries. (laughs) That sounds like a child's toy. I know! I have, like, this one set of, like, D batteries that I've been using, like, during rehearsal in my apartment for, like, months. And I always, like, switch it off. I'm like, oh... My like ten minutes of, of time with my batteries. Yeah, can you bri- can you just briefly recap your struggle with like how you had to to do the busking like with all the permitting okay. and like so the process for busking in Berlin is kind of crazy. First, you have to go to the Wittenbergplatz U-Bahn station early in the morning, like before six thirty in the morning. And then you'll see, like, a bunch of Eastern European musicians, lots of Russians, and, like, a few other people from random countries just standing around. So what happens is the order that you arrive at the... There's a special, like, help desk just for musicians getting permits in the Subon station. So somehow the musicians decided to self-organize because there used to be a musician mafia where the same musicians would show up at like 5 30 in the morning and always get the the first spot and take all of the premium stations and they were able to do it because they were the most aggressive even though other people showed up at the same time i'm not sure how they actually got rid of those people but somehow they decided to self-organize and start doing a lottery system so what happens is one person volunteers to like be in charge that day and then they hold the list, like the sacred list containing the order that you get served at the window to get your permits and choose which stations you're going to play at. Because this is so German. This is so... You get to know how much money you're going to make. Like, if you go to a shitty station like I went to today, then you will make three euros. You are in the armpit station. Yeah. Like, you're a cockroach. Yeah. But if you go to a good station, you could make hundreds of dollars. Right. So, and to, so yesterday was, was that one of your first, that was one of your, that was like your third time busking then, right? No, first time ever. Wait, I thought that you busked recently and somebody gave you their card in the park. No, they were busking and I walked by and one of their cars. Right. Okay. So this was your first time. The best thing with them, even though I had slept for five hours and like had a sore throat, they're like, no, the best way to get over being sick is to sing right now. And I was like, fine. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So you just sang randomly. So this was your first busking experience. That's really scary. Yeah, I was, like, nervous all morning. Um, anyway, so once you get there, they put your name on a list, and I was the 19th person to arrive at, like, 6.40 in the morning, and it was already, like, 80 degrees outside. Um, then by 15 minutes later, the list was done. The window opened... And they, the other people I was hanging out with said, you know, it's going to be several hours before you get served. Because the, the woman at the, the desk was like, you know, peck typing and, and staring at the screen. It was taking like 10 or 15 minutes for each person to get their permit because the people were paying with their busking change. And so they're buying like a whole week worth of permits. That's like 50 euro. 50 euros worth with like nickels and dimes 
And so first they have to count it, then the woman has to count it. And I think that's part of why it was taking so long. So that was very annoying. But, so I spent the morning hanging out with these two African dudes. And they were super friendly and hilarious. So we spent like three hours talking about like racism in Berlin and how people treat you when you're busking and where the best stations are and what times of day they like to play. All that sort of stuff. So I got like an education in busking while getting a sunburn. Did they know what your nationality was since everybody thinks you're like Spanish? Did they know? No, but they, they did ask me. Um, yeah, they were making fun of me because I had to put on sunscreen. They're like, we don't, we don't sunburn. <laughs> we both have like super dark, chocolatey, delicious, perfect skin. So you had to like pull out your, your like, you had to pull out your like, I'm black card. Like, hey. <laughs> no. I'm white in the winter and I'm black in the summer. Yeah. But they accepted you into their group. They accepted me because I think they're both hitting on me, even though they were, like, older than 50. But, um, it's fine. They saw another, like, you know, brown person who, who needed to learn the ropes. Uh, but the first thing that happened was that this, like, 70-year-old sweet little Russian lady who, like, barely spoke, she doesn't speak English, she speaks German. I think her name is Soya Sojolsen or something. But she was giving me instructions on on what to do. So once you get your number, all the numbers go into this black bag. And then they, you pull out a number, and that's the number that you'll get served at the window. So I think I was actually like the 25th person who arrived, but I got number 19. So I was there until 9.45, hanging out in the sun, talking to people. Yeah. But anyway, Soja, she... <laughs> Her, she had this purse full of cheese sandwiches wrapped in tinfoil, and she tried to give me a cheese sandwich. Oh my god, I would have eaten a cheese sandwich. Yeah, but I saw her performing yesterday at a different Ubon. She sings, like, classical and romantic music and, like, a little, like, bird opera voice. Aww. Um, she's really cute, so I gave her a hug when I saw her in the station. Aww, that's so cute. So are the buskers all of different backgrounds, or are they, like, in America, it seems like a lot of them are, like, street people, you know? Like, no, they're all just, like, working musicians from different countries. They're yeah. not people. Yeah, that's cool. Accordion players. And the accordion players are kind of hated on because a lot of them play, like, the same song over and over again. They told me about this guy that played the same song for eight hours. That's, like, a public disservice. It is. Like, there are restaurants, not restaurants, but, like, little cafes and things in the U-Bahn station and, like, newspaper kiosks and places where you can buy beer because obviously you can buy beer in the train station. And, yeah, the person who was working in the little bakery was, like, dying. <laughs> he was so happy when this African guy showed up. He's like, oh my god, thank god it's you, not the accordion player. <laughs> and like, now he always gets free food. <laughs> so, how, so how many hours did you play for the, yesterday? Yesterday I played for two and a half hours. And by play, you sang with your amplifier on. I sang with my amplifier and with backing tracks. Got it. Like, pro sound backing tracks. Um, yeah. I wish you had videotaped it. That's so cool. But also, I'm glad nobody videotaped my first time busking, which was bad. No, it was 
I was pretty good yesterday. There are only two songs that were a bit problematic because they're in the wrong key. Yeah. And, like, I kept changing the key during the song. Were you less nervous once you started getting into it, or was it still weird? Um, no, I, was, I wasn't nervous then. What I was nervous about was, like, not knowing the rules. Like... Oh, yeah. Not being sure, like, if the I was culture. playing there, or, like, if it was too loud. Yeah, like, um, the cultural stuff yeah you don't want to look like a newbie like you're on the wrong corner you're in the wrong place like you're doing it wrong more like I didn't want to get in trouble for like having the wrong equipment or like playing over the the loudspeaker announcements like you're not allowed to do that um also I was nervous about like weird Berliners acting shady um because they all do like, people that try to steal your money or tell you that you shouldn't be playing there or something like that. Um, but the people there were really friendly over in Charlottenburg. And Where is Charlottenburg located? It's in the northwest. Okay. And it's, like, a rich area that's pretty... Um, it was, you know, not on the eastern side. Um, so there are a lot of, like, more western-thinking people over there. And there are a couple of jazz clubs in Charlottenburg, so that's why I thought it might be good. But, like, every person who came down the stairs acted like they'd never seen someone playing music at an Ubon station before. <laughs> like, I think no one ever chooses that station, because, like, it's not very good. But, and I was thinking it was, like, really shaped crappy that make only, like, 24 euros in two and a half hours. But then, today, when I made three euros in one hour, I was like, hmm, Okay. Wait, 24 euros in how many hours? Two and a half hours. That's like nothing. That's $10 an hour, more than $10 an hour. 10 euros an hour. That's considered incredibly bad. To play music, though, or to sing. I mean, hey, I'm not saying you should stop there, but it's not, I mean, like you said, today was a lot worse, so. Yeah. No, I wasn't doing it to make money. I know. Like, I was hoping maybe I would, like, make $100 of the three days because I really want to go to this burlesque event on a boat. But, um, yeah, it wasn't, like, my objective. My objective was to get more comfortable with performing and to, like, put myself in an awkward yeah. situation and, like, grow from it. So what happened today? Then today... Today I took the train to Rat House. Yes, a rat house, Stieglitz, which means like, I don't know, community center or something. It's like a government office building. So Stieglitz is like very far south. It's like 45 minutes south from my place. And it's like a conservative area. Um, people don't speak English there. Um, there are lots of big, pretty buildings and stuff. So I thought it would be a safe place to play, and it was on the list of premium stations. I don't know why. I guess because it's big. But pretty much nobody stopped to listen. Like, everyone was, like, running to connect to another train. And it was just full of, like, middle-aged women with bitter looks on their faces. And one woman even shook her head at me. She was like... I didn't think I was singing, but I was wearing, you know, like a orange fringed 20s dress and like this beautiful orange feathered hat with rhinestones that I made myself. And I had matching sparkly shoes. And I was really cute. Like, 
why would you shake your head at a person who has, like, put an effort in? Like, people beg on the train for quarters, and and they're not doing anything. Yeah. But positions are still looked at like beggars sometimes. Yeah. Well, maybe... Oh, that was really annoying. I think maybe the way that you were showing up and being, like, proud of who you are and being colorful, it can be... It can touch people's insecurities and their pain points, especially if you're in, like, a very wealthy neighborhood where people maybe are more repressed. Usually, usually people don't randomly hate on something unless it kind of is about them, you know? No, it's nothing to do with me. It's about, like, being a Westerner, being flashy. I think it is, yeah. Being sexy or, like, like being... Just being a performer. Or it could just, I mean, honestly, just taking up space in general could be, like, annoying to her. Because she doesn't get to do that in her life in some way. Because I feel like that's pretty common. And a lot of, like, women hating on women, I find, is because women are told not to take up space. So if you take up space, it's like, oh, that's against the code. Like, none of us are supposed to be loud. So if you're going to be loud, that really threatens me. And And that's good. I'm glad that... I'm glad that like you've come up against a little bit of that because it's showing that you're com- you're showing up. Because if you were just like singing really little and in like you know kind of like dark clothes and not really trying, like it's better to be hated than ignored. Uh, I guess. It's I mean, it was good. one person. No, but it was like a hundred people with like sour looks on their faces. It but was, like, so you you probably are in an area that like is more repressed in some way, like, artistically. Yeah, they're like, you're fun, like, fabulous, like, no, that's terrible. Well, they're probably, like, on their way to some job they don't like. Ugh. Yeah. Sparkly, ugh. You know? I mean, I get that all the time, and I don't even live in a repressed country, really. Well, repressed in different ways, but I tend to get that sometimes. I just don't, you know, when people, like, show up and they put effort into what they're doing and people just, like, shine negative energy on them, like, just walk on. Like, don't, like, take out your negativity, like, turn around and, like, scowl at someone. Purposefully. Yeah. You know, like, that's fucked up. I agree. That's just being a shady person. I agree. I agree. But people feel justified to, like, put other people down for whatever reason they want. And, like, I just don't engage in that. Yeah. It's usually people. people wearing cargo shorts, I would love to look at them with disgust, but I hold it in. (laughs) It's usually people from the sidelines that want to criticize the people that are in the ring. Like, you have it all on the line, you're performing, and you're vulnerable, and it's the people on the sidelines that aren't showing up or doing anything uncomfortable that feel the ability to like criticize you from their safety of their like you know routine of of, you know going from work to the train they're able to be like ugh, my god you know it's funny I find that's a common theme too is when I look at who's criticizing I'm like are you in the game not really you're just kind of like on the sidelines (laughs) yeah I know, I have a friend who, like, makes these crazy dolls, and, like, people were leaving all sorts of comments on her, her YouTube, and it's like, you don't even make dolls, like, why are you in this conversation? Yeah, why do you care so much about doll making? 
<laughs> like, why would they care about doll making? No, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's none of your business. You're not part of this club. <laughs> Ooh, sex people on the balcony. But, um, anyway. What's happening on the balcony? It's, it's summer. It's, like, right out. It's, like, 80 degrees and it's 9 o'clock and people like to walk around in their underwear on their balconies. Wow, that's so progressive. Berlin is so such a contradiction because it's so progressive exactly. and so out there. Like I, I remember when I went to visit you and the minute I got on the train from with you from the airport, I was shocked at how much uh street art and graffiti was literally everywhere, more than New York or LA, like everywhere. And I remember like asking you about it, hey, is this considered like a cultural plight? Like why is this happening? And you you were just like, oh no, like this is like about the freedom of expression and like everyone just loves it and almost like Venice Beach or something. And I was so shocked because when I think Germany and I think Berlin, I think of artists, but I don't think of like that radical, I guess it's a pretty radical place, but I was shocked to see. And then to also hear like how repressed and weird it is and how some of the attitudes I remember that we encountered were so cold and steely yeah. even when we were just at a jazz performance where people were dressed to the nines and getting you know all excited about that and it felt very like even the applause was like very subdued even like the yeah. sexual nature of some of the performances we saw people weren't we were like screaming and hooting and hollering mm-hmm. like we're at a drag show and other people were just kind of staring and it was really weird that is weird that's a strange place to live in. It is weird. And it did make me feel like, fuck Berlin, again. But it's such like a love-hate relationship. Totally. It's so free and also so repressed. It's just strange to try to navigate. It's kind of like walking on eggshells, because you're like, is it safe? It's not safe. It's safe. It's not safe. It's safe. It's not safe. Ah! But actually, when you think about Berlin's history, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Either you were safe or you were dead. <laughs> yeah. Or being hunted down. Anyway. Yeah, so the the effect that it had on me today was that partially because, again, like not being sure about the legality of the equipment, but also just like feeling like I was in a hostile environment and like one out of 30 people seemed at all receptive was that I didn't sing out fully. Like, I didn't want to, like, really, like, blast the mic. I didn't really want to, like, sing with my full voice. Because I thought, like, people don't even want to hear this. You, know? you were reading so the room. Kind of, like, a, a negative reaction. And then, at some point, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to, like, sing however I want to. I'm going to, like... Even if I'm in the wrong part of the song, I'm just going to make it up. Like, I don't care. I'm going to use this time to, like, grow creatively. But then I just decided to leave after an hour because I felt like this is not a good, like, emotional use of time. Like, I already absorbed so much negativity being in Berlin. I'm not going to do that while I'm performing. Like, if I'm going to perform here, then it will be people that subscribe because they're at the event. Right. But um, I think what you did was really smart because you were reading the room. You were, like, reading the emotional, like, what was coming out at you. And you you did a good job, I think, because you didn't completely shut down. But you also didn't, like, 
go full frontal with your own energy and like throw your energy away at people that don't really, that aren't receptive to it. And I, I think that's super smart. And it's actually something that I do all the time at shows. Like, I know how you, you, you just said you want to be at a show where people like are subscribing to it and wanting to be there. But I've had experiences where I'm playing a show, I'm opening up for another band and the yeah. audience may have paid to see us and to see the, yeah. the, see the headliner, but they don't really want to see us or for whatever reason, we're not working with what's happening in the room. And I've done exactly the same thing you did. You go through like this wave of like, okay, well I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best. And then you're like, okay, but it's really not worth it. <laughs> but then you're like, okay, but you know what? Screw it. Like this song means a lot to me. So I'm just going to sing my heart out for this song. And then eventually, you know, your version of it was leaving after an hour. My version of it is usually cutting the set a little bit short. Not because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not because I do it for people to like praise me, but you have to read the room and there's no, I mean, there's been plenty of times the room has been bad and we've just gone full out crazy as hard as we possibly can just to be like, fuck you. And it feels good. But if it doesn't feel good in the moment and you're not getting that like punk rock energy out, like whatever, I'm going to do my thing. If you're not in that place mentally, there's no reason to like spill your guts to a bunch of people that, are just trying to get to point A to point B. Yeah, I just... So I relate to that, and I don't think you failed in any way. No, but I see there's a bit of a problem with the scenario that I got into for a while, because if I hold back and don't sing out fully, or, like, don't bring the energy, or I'm not really living the song, then I'm actually not going to draw people in as much. That's true. I don't, like, I don't, um, recruit them, you know? True, but I would also say reading the room is extremely important, and because you are very empathetic and you can feel what people are feeling, that's so good. Because people that are oblivious to this are super annoying. They're like the accordion people. And you don't want to be an accordion person, but you still... Like, you have a good balance. I think what you did was really smart because you went through every range of it. You were like, I'm going to do it really hardcore in this part, and I'm going to learn. I'm going to, like, I don't know the lyrics in this part, so I'm just going to make it up. I'm going to try to, like, glean as much as I can from the experience. But you weren't being the accordion person because that would actually repel people from you. And there is such a thing as reading the room in terms of, like, what neighborhood are you in? Are you going to go back to the neighborhood? Maybe you're not going to go back to that neighborhood. Maybe you could be the most amazing musician in the world and they would hate you forever so I wouldn't give up I would definitely go back to that neighborhood again but I think you're on to something but you're you're right you should sing out you should sing out station tomorrow which is in a different neighborhood it's in Friedrichshain which is like near where I used to live and then I have rehearsal after that so even if it's a bus like I'll just take my gear and go to rehearsal and that'll be good um but I feel like I'm already sick of the music, but I've been singing for two days, so... Oh, my God. I to take it to um, the open mic on Sunday, and, like, yeah, I won't be... I'll be ready. Yeah. So, it's still been a good learning experience, but, yeah, just, like, other... Other aggressive things have happened lately, like... I was kind of molested by a shopkeeper last week. Right. Yeah, just feeling like, ugh, I don't need to absorb negative energy. 
I think that what you're feeling is you're putting yourself out there. So you're going to get more of everything, more positive, but also more negative from people because you are, you are going out into the world more and like putting yourself out there more and you're going to get both of those things. Yeah. But especially like in the Metro, cause people just are trying to get where they're going, you know? Uh-huh. Like when people go out to go to a show, they still might be like non-responsive and cold, but they chose to be there. Yeah. What you're going through is like the boot camp. I would never yeah. like going back to busking would not be something that I would like readily do on any day. So I think it's super courageous that you're even doing it. And I recommend everyone to do it in the morning. So I'm going to use the damn bourbon. <laughs> yeah. But part of what I like about it is that it's, it puts you in control where you're not, you're not at the mercy of a venue or something else or a band even. I, the reason I started busking, I started, my first time I bus, bus, busked, I think I was like 13 or 14 and I went to the farmer's market in a Tascadero with my guitar and I played a bunch of like punk songs from like Ramones and Rancid probably in The Clash and which you can already imagine would be so weird. Um, and it was super scary, but the thing I liked about it was I felt so isolated and I didn't have a band and I didn't have a way to like be, connect to anything. And I was living in a small town, so it was like all on me. And even if you don't make money or like people don't respect or respond to what you're doing, the thing that you get out of it is like, wow, I am the agent of pushing this forward and it's me. And like, I showed up and did it and I wanted to do it and I did it. And the accomplishment you must feel too like being in a big city and doing that because <laughs> you're not getting like five people walking by you're getting like 500 people so it's like yeah. that whole idea of like fail as many times as you can and yeah. like how it makes yeah. you stronger like every person that walks by and frowns at you it's like you get stronger yeah that's great I also got asked that on the train on the way here but anyway <laughs> <laughs> Like every day. But, um, yeah. One more thing on that. I have okay. To but, um, yeah. So there was a point where I started feeling really bad about myself. And I was like, maybe I'm just shit. Like, maybe this sounds horrible. Maybe these song choices aren't good. Maybe my equipment sounds terrible. Like, maybe people just don't like this music. And I started second-guessing myself. And then I was like, no. Like... Yesterday, school children gave me their money. Like, yesterday, like, a woman took a picture with me, and like, five people took my business card, and lots of people were smiling, and some people came back twice. Like, even the old man who was creepy and like touched my hand. Like, whatever. Like, people responded in this other environment really positively, and like, other people tell me that they, they love my music. So, I'm gonna keep doing it. And I chose, like, four more songs. I just finished my set and listened to the sound of my voice and, like, tried to have that moment, like, my music teacher told me to, like, be in love with the music. (laughs) Does she really say that? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, you've got to, like... Because she said I was, like, gasping for air between the the verses or something. Like, I was, you know, diving into a pool. And she's like, no, you've got to, like, be floating in the pool of your music in your, like, blissful place and just, like, visualize, you know, your, your voice moving back and forth. And 
Um, so I tried to, I tried to go there. That's amazing. To ignore the like hostile people and be like, no, this is my time. I paid the seven years for this permit, and I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna fill up this whole room with my voice. Fuck you. I'm not sure how you learned like 50 years of music industry like know-how in one day, but you did. <laughs> you have to keep reminding yourself somebody liked it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not shit. And then like a month later, I'm shit. But somebody liked it at one point. <laughs> it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Isn't Chakra magical? Ugh, I just love this conversation with her. It really shows our relationship and how we come together to help each other and talk about the struggles that we both still have and we're both facing. (laughs) It doesn't matter how long you've been doing your art or your music. It just feels like every day is a new day, a new struggle and a new way or reason to be excited. So I wish her so much luck on the busking journey. Um, I'm going to close this out with a very special song. Um, This is from my sister's former band, the Cats Meow, that were based out of San Francisco. And she's going to kill me because she's going to tell me the recording is not as good as it could be and blah, blah, blah. But she can't blame me for, for playing it because I played a demo song that I wrote on my guitar about her the last um episode with her in it so and i i sounded really out of tune and stupid singing that song and she sounds amazing singing this song which is i left my sugar standing in the rain an old jazz standard i think you'll find her voice to be delightful and um i hope that you enjoyed this podcast if you have suggestions for future podcasts or you want to get in touch with me, you can email sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with my sister, Chakra, she is on Instagram, everybody, at S-H-A-K-R-A-H-Y-V-E-S. Hopefully I did that right. Um, you can find her on Instagram and she's going to be sharing more um, stories about her upcoming shows and where she's going with her music career. Um, and she'll also have more music recorded soon. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Haley Crusher on Instagram, H-A-Y-L-E-Y. You can follow my band at Haley and the Crushers. You can find my blog at isyourboyfriendintheband.com. And you can catch us on tour uh, July 19th through the 22nd in Colorado. And then we'll be heading back up to the Pacific Northwest this October. So I hope to see you all in person. And um, once again... As always, sparkle hard and destroy harder. Okay, bye. Oh, mm-hmm.